Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. Hi, my name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the role of customer data and CDPs in the organization of the future. Telium, which offers a customer data platform and serves over 1,000 businesses around the world, recently released a report entitled The Organization of the Future, in which this relationship between customer data and delivery on the promise of true one-to-one personalized marketing in a customer-centric, data privacy-focused world is discussed. Tell me to discuss this topic further. I'd like to welcome Heidi Bullock, uh, Chief Marketing Officer at Telium. Heidi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Greg. Excited to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, so why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself and what you're currently doing at Telium. Yeah, sounds good. So currently I am the CMO at Telium. And in that role, because CMO roles can vary from different companies, I own uh, corporate marketing, product marketing, revenue marketing, including SDRs, and also importantly, customer marketing. And my background is different maybe than some CMOs. I actually started off in molecular biology. So that's a fun fact. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's uh, not not a lot of CMOs with uh, with a degree in, in molecular biology. So that's um, I'm curious how that's kind of translated into some of your work. Yeah, I think it's actually in a lot of ways it's helped, and and it touches a little bit on some of our conversation today. I, I definitely think it helps you be uh, data driven for sure, but I think just very structured in in how you approach uh, you know business challenges, and I think that that's been a good skill that you learn uh, definitely uh, in the sciences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, today uh, we're going to discuss that report I mentioned earlier and talk about three important aspects of it. Uh, so first, uh, we're going to start with a little background on customer data platforms or CDPs and just why they're so important. So what makes an investment in getting better customer data and in customer data platforms so important from the perspective of a marketer that's competing for a customer's attention and tasked with achieving ever-increasing results? Yeah, so just for your audience, we can just start with, you know, what a CDP is, because I'm sure there's people that know, and then I'm sure there's people that are like, oh, geez, another technology, (laughs) the platform app. About another acronym for marketers, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like just what just what the world needs. But if you just kind of take a step back, you know, a, a CDP, it's got customer data in the name. So this is definitely uh, a software platform that's focused on customer data. And at the highest level, it helps marketers and I would say other teams better understand their, you know, their customer base and net new. So then you can ultimately do a better job with driving engagement and then, you know, retaining valuable customers. And then I think at a technical level, these are the three things people have to understand. Uh, The best CDPs, in my opinion, have the ability to collect data. And when we say that, we mean collecting data uh, from all different sources. So that could be client side or server side. So that could be, as an example, um, IoT devices. It could be a website, mobile, um, even a call center, as an example. 
the CDP brings all that data together to unify it, to say, yes, Greg is indeed Greg. <laughs> um, we have all the right information on him. And then that information can then be activated out through those same channels. So it's just really collecting data, unifying it, bringing it together, and then delivering it. And it, I also think a key point of this, because they're not all CDPs are the same, but the ability to do that in real time, and we'll come back to that point because it's very important. You know, that's what that's what a customer data platform does. And in my mind, they're so important today because I think just taking a step back, all of us want to be marketed and actually not even marketed to, but engaged with in a way that's relevant, that's personal, that feels like a real conversation. And all of us know what bad marketing looks like, right? It's it's like, wow, they, they got my name wrong or this offer right. totally doesn't make sense. Or we have somebody at our company and, and he's a gentleman and his name's Lindsay, but people always think he's a she. <laughs> and so right. he always gets these like ads. He's like, this makes no sense for me, right? So CDPs really are making sure that we can create those I'd say one-to-one relationships, but the key is doing it at scale, right? And it's based on data um, because, again, most of, of the folks listening, we're not, you know, mom and pop shops that, you know, like a deli on the corner that might know you. We want to create that feeling for people, but we need to do it through data and CDPs help us do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so while we're talking about customer data, you know, there's a lot of whether it's regulations like GDPR or in California, CCPA, or just general talk about consumer data privacy and a lot of concern there, a lot of action happening there with third-party cookie deprecation, all of that stuff that, you know, that's a topic for a whole other show. But right. you know, what role does a customer data platform play in all of this, whether it's increased regulations or just this changing data privacy landscape? Right. And you bring up a really great point because I'm sure, you know, folks are like, why are we hearing about CDP so much now? And, and yeah. you touched on really there's three reasons, right, where it's third party cookie loss. And so there's a lot of marketers out there that are used to using maybe DMPs or purchasing data. And they're like, uh oh, you know, how am I going to have the ability to measure ROI and make sure that, you know, I'm not losing valuable like breadcrumbs, right? So that's one. You touched on privacy. It's like, you know, I, I think the world in some ways, we've gotten so good at what we do that, um, you know, a lot of regulations have come into play. And I think, you know, people are looking for more of a balance there. Um, and then lastly, we, the one you didn't bring up is the pandemic. And I think a lot of companies and organizations, I definitely even see it um, more in like uh, conservative industries, like financial services, pharmaceutical companies. It's like, oh my gosh, like I need to have a strong digital presence, right? So those are the three reasons why we're seeing CDPs more now than ever. And specifically around privacy that I think, you know, is important is I, going back to CDPs, um, the best ones help you collect data and they help you collect zero party and first party data, which is data that the buyer themselves gives you. So it's more accurate. It's with consent. Um, so it's not um, it's basically say Heidi Bullock, my age, I give you the information I feel comfortable with versus somebody's buying data. And it's like they might know I'm a female. I'm based in California um, and it may be less accurate. And because CDPs support zero and first party data and that ability to collect it, they can use that data that, to then say, look, 
I can uphold Heidi's privacy preferences. She told me she really does not want to receive text messages. So because I'm providing that preference, a CDP can help propagate that preference throughout the journey. And what's key here is it's not just on one channel, like as an example, over email or over mobile, it can be on any of that, any of the channels, which is really, really important. So I want to make a key distinction that CDPs enable compliance. They don't make you compliant because there (laughs) there is some confusion around that in the market, but um, they're really, really important for that reason. And I think more and more organizations are shifting towards more of a first party data strategy, which, you know, I think at the end of the day is a good thing because it's, it's forcing us as marketers to do a better job marketing. (laughs) You know, you, you, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you're, you know, providing value so that people want to give you that, that personal information back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on a few, a few points here, but let's talk a little bit about from the customer perspective as well. I mean, definitely, you know, CDPs help marketers, not only to your point, I think do better marketing as well as be more compliant and more conscious of privacy, but from the customer experience as well, how do, how do they, how do CDPs help enhance the customer experience? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to, again, making sure, I mean, in the simplest of terms, I think of a lot of marketing systems, garbage in, garbage out, right? So if a company has outdated information on you, uh, incomplete information, um, like not timely information, you can think of bad experiences that we've all had, right? So I can think of an example I see very frequently where you may be looking at a pair of shoes online and you're really excited about these, you know, new Nikes. They're they're awesome. You want to buy them, right? And ultimately you go into a store, um, maybe it's Nordstrom, you buy those shoes and and then later you get targeted for those shoes with a discount. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> like <laughs> I just bought those shoes. That's a bad experience, right? right? And a CDP prevents something like that from happening because that point of sale data would be collected to the, would be connected to the digital channels. So you could say as a marketer, let's suppress Heidi from that ad because she just bought those shoes. That's something that we don't want to have happen, right? Or another great example that I like is CDPs can connect data from call centers. So say, um, you know, I had something that went really wrong. I, I called a call center. I have a complaint. You want as a marketer to have that information. So if you're sending out an email to that person that's in a segment, it's making sense. It's not like, hey, you're you're a super happy VIP customer, and the person's right. like, so I'm not. <laughs> I I just uh, called your call center and was on hold, and I'm pretty unhappy. So it, it's that ability to collect data from all the all of those key touch points bringing that together in real time. So as a marketing team, you can understand things a lot more in real time and make better decisions on that. So the customers benefit from that because you just have that ability to be a lot more accurate, which which matters a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so many of the listeners of this show may either already have a CDP or maybe be starting out or, or somewhat started out implementing a CDP. But for those, you know, those that haven't, the report I mentioned, the, the organization of the future uh, mentions three high level considerations when starting with a CDP. So I'd, I want to discuss each a little more in detail with you. Let's start with the need to agree on, on top business outcomes. So what are some of the roadblocks to this being achieved and what guidance would you have for organizations that are struggling to get on the same page with what, you know, what they should expect from a CDP? 
Yeah, I, I think I think where I see things kind of go wrong is exactly what you just touched upon. When somebody gets enamored with technology, and, and this is not just with CDPs, by the way, right. uh, those of your <laughs> listeners who worked for a long time, we've all done this, right? Where somebody's like, "Wow, marketing automation is going to solve all your problems." And and I think a big takeaway from today's you know podcast is for me. Technology is is one of the pillars of the stool. It's a great one. There's there's better technology now than there's ever been, but you have to think about your people and processes. I know that's a really trite thing, people, processes, technology, but it's true. And I think a lot of companies and orgs, they get so enamored by technology and then they're like, oh, shoot, we haven't come together as a team to figure out, you know, why are we buying this? What are the top use cases? And, and, to, your, and to your kind of key question, I think... I like bringing key stakeholders together that are involved in the purchase. And I've done this, you know, whether it's marketing automation, CDPs, different solutions. And it's like, where, what is the use case right now that's going to move an impact on or make an impact on the business that's the most significant? Like, so for a lot of companies that I talked to last year, it, let me give you an example. It was retention. <laughs> like, like in a pandemic, people are like, we need to retain the customers we have. Great. That's that's an initial kind of goal that we can rally behind and and getting key folks in the organization to agree to that and then saying now with that goal, like maybe want to we want to improve retention by five percent or whatever that is. What are the little use cases we're going to put together that can really help with that? Maybe it's something as simple as identifying key segments whose you know, utilization has dropped or their engagements dropped. How can we intervene earlier to, to present them with an offer of something of value that could improve that? And so I think really bringing that core team together, you know, and again, I think that that's people from marketing. Maybe it's customer success. I love involving IT and then agreeing on that business goal. And you might say, we're going to start with retention and then we're going to move to other you know, key goals. That's fine. But I think that's a piece that, believe it or not, is, is missed. Um, I wish not so frequently, but I see that missed a lot. Yeah, yeah. The, the second consideration the report mentions for those that are starting with a, a CDP is um, the need to identify what customer data exists as well as where it resides, which seems maybe for those in, in smaller orgs seems simple and straightforward enough. But having worked with plenty of large orgs myself, um, I, I feel this the pain of in this question. Um, so, you know, how does an organization get started here? Yeah, I think out of all the questions today, this is my favorite one because I agree with you. And I am not going to sit here and lie and say, "Oh yeah, it's just these two things and you're done. It's so easy." Right. I mean, this is one you're you're 100% right. There's no magic bullet. But what I have seen work and I've done this myself and just to just to level set with people when you're dealing with large enterprises enterprises that are global, yeah, you're not doing a data audit in 2 days. <laughs> it's like that's, that's not right. going to happen. But I think, again, you, you put this core team together. Um, you then, I believe this is what's worked for me is you do a data audit and you basically say, you know, where first and foremost are the locations of the data, you know, and that, that might take a while, right? You might find that they're in different places. What are the data formats? Is there, you know, th there can be a variety of data formats. What are the, you know, key subjects that we should be looking at? Um, what are the types of data? Is it personal data, financial data? What does that look like? 
And then what are the recipients of the data? But I think kind of put, and and what I just went through, it might be slightly different if you're like a financial uh, institution or a pharmaceutical company or a retailer, that could look different, but basically just almost like an audit document with where a team, they spend time doing this. And I think you're right. It's hard, but if you do this and have a thoughtful data strategy, you just will not lose doing that. It's like one of those things, like if you put in the work, you will get out the rewards because what you don't want to have happen, especially with the privacy pieces that you've mentioned and the new data regulations, you don't want to think that, wow, our data is compliant. And then all of a sudden, surprise, somebody's accessing this legacy data system that nobody was aware of. That cannot happen. So I think it's while this can be something that takes time, it's a very worthwhile exercise. And then I think what is good is a CDP really helps you stay honest and you know all the data touch points, you know how that data is being handled and it's really great visibility. Yeah, totally agree with you. And, and, agree that, you know, painful as it may be in in some orgs, I mean, in addition to what you mentioned about data privacy, to go back to one of your earlier points, the the customer feels this, right? You know, they they feel it when there's disconnected data. I mean, they definitely feel it when they call up an organization and they have to give the same information 10 times to 10 different people, but they also feel it when they get one message over email and another over text and another thing when they log into a mobile app or website, you know, so it's like, it's, I think it's necessary, right, to do whether, you know, and and sometimes the, you know, the most necessary things are the hard things, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, and, and we just, I like to, I like to be honest with people and, and, and I, I am like you and I've gone through this many times and um, yeah, I probably have uh, more uh, gray hair and wrinkles from that. Um, but I mean, for real, it's, it's not easy, but when you, when you follow this, it just helps you, I would say um, scale more effectively. It helps you grow. It helps you take on new initiatives much more easily than if you don't put in that work. Yeah, absolutely. The, the third thing, as far as high-level considerations, is the team that's ultimately going to own the data. So what should a, an enterprise look for when they're building out this team? Yeah, I mean, this is another one where I'd love to say it's A, B, and C, or, you know, <laughs> it's like perfect answer. I, this is this is my my viewpoint on this, and and this is reflected in the report. It's it's a little bit like what are the skill sets you have within your organization? Like as an example, some people have IT folks that like really really love this. They 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 have a passion for it. They understand data well. They're excited about it. That's amazing. Some people have a person like that that resides in the marketing organization. I just think you really want to start with who really cares about data, understands it, they they get the point of having a data strategy. And I would lastly say somebody that is definitely incentivized on making it work well. (laughs) Because in in a lot of cases, like if somebody say, as an example, I'll pick on marketing for a minute because I'm in marketing. If, If you assign it to somebody who's like, look, like they're creative, they like the brand, they like, you know, that's kind of their, um, you know, sweet spot and they're not in details and they don't love data. That's probably not a good decision. 
So I always look for, you know, where are the people that have the natural propensity to enjoy data projects and they they, they actually get energy from it, they, they like it. Um, I would say have somebody like that lead the charter and have them sort of like wear the hat and have the ownership and then include, you know, all the other key stakeholders, whether that's people from, you know, data science teams, legal, marketing. Um, I, I think that, that that's kind of how I think through that. Yeah, yeah. So one more thing on the on the report, it also offers a few ways to look at organizational structure. And so kind of kind of relating to the team question we just talked through, org structure in relation to customer data, it's, there's there's definitely many ways to look at it. It introduces a center of excellence model and a CD ops or, or customer data operations team. I, I kind of I like that one. Um, a CDP team, several others. So, you know, while the best solution, as, as you were just kind of touching on, may, may vary based on several factors, what should organizations kind of be rethinking or reconsidering about how they're organized around customer data in order to be most successful? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I definitely have some preferences there. And and I would definitely say for your listeners to, to check out the piece because it does give you like all these different org structures that you yeah. can look at. And we interviewed and talked to a lot of companies. This wasn't just, you know, us in a vacuum kind of documenting these. We, we were like, hey, you know, how's this financial services company doing this in Europe? Or how's this other, you know, organization doing this in Japan? So we, we tried to, we, we did this to hopefully save people time. But I personally like to think of, you know, I can't think of really a team that is not going to be using customer data. It's so valuable. And so I really like sort of that hub and spoke model where there is a team that really owns it and thinks through it. And and it's almost a service organization. But factors for me are really the size of your team and expertise. And we kind of touched on that because some organizations, they just have these brilliant people that love this stuff. And I think that's more rare, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> then you have a lot of companies, you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> so we need we need to rethink this one a little bit. So I, I definitely would say making sure, you know, size of team and expertise matter. I would say MarTech sophistication, because again, some companies that we work with, they're they're so sophisticated and they're like, oh yeah, we 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 have this, not a problem. Um, and they understand the types of data integrations. They know how they want data flowing. So, so that's another factor. Um, really kind of who's owned customer data within the organization previously and how people want that to look like moving forward. Just because I think so many people will leverage this outside of marketing, that that's again why I sort of like, you know, CD ops. Like I, I like thinking of a team that, you know, is a service center really. Um, and, and then they can provide that for the different teams. And then, I would say another factor is, you know, at some companies, there is a team that really initiates the CDP uh, purchase because they're the ones that have the most to gain or lose, right? Like they have a business goal tied to it. So those are like key factors, but I would really think about almost, you know, who within the team has the skill set and then how do people think about using customer data now and in, a, and in the future? And that's important in the future. Um, we've all seen how people buy CRM systems and they're like, oh, whoops, nobody thought about when we're international, how we set that up. Or, you know, if you're doing um, account-based marketing, parent-child relationships, like these are things people have to think about. So I, I would say CDPs are no different. It's like, how do you want to use customer data now, but how could you foresee using it in the future? And that will, I think, educate how you want to structure your team. 
Yeah, yeah. So in addition then to org structure, how about the philosophy of organizations? Um, You know, what what are leaders in CDP adoption doing? How are they thinking? And what should organizations that are considering adopting more sophisticated customer data approaches be aspiring to? Yeah, I would say that that organizations that do this well today, and I will say that um, there are definitely organizations out there that are just, I mean, they've seen immense business value from using CDPs. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, I would say that they have a point of view. They have a sense of the value of their customer data and how they want to use it. And they've built out a map. They've said, look, you know, our first goal, like I mentioned, we're going to focus on retention. Our base is critical. We're in a tough economic time. We want to make sure that we're not losing these really valuable, loyal customers that we've spent time acquiring and 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 really marketing to and and delivering services to for a period of time. We don't want to lose them. And so I, I think first and foremost is is the companies that do well just have that viewpoint. I When I see companies not doing well or struggling, it's because they fell in love with the technology concept, but they didn't stop to think like, wow, how are we going to be applying this internally? And, and how can we you know, kind of start small. Like a lot of companies, I think that are successful, they get that you don't have to boil the ocean. You, you know, it's like, Greg, you've gone into companies, I'm sure in the beginning and you're like, wow, like it's, <laughs> it's kind of just like, this is, it's like untangling spaghetti. I'm not going to name any names, but yes, oh, I've, I've been there. <laughs> right. We've all been there where you're just like, wow, I, I need like to just collect my thoughts. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, the best companies, they're just like, nope, we're just going to, we're going to, you know, make sure that we can get a unified view of our customer. That's the first thing. The second thing is we're going to work on shopping cart abandonment. The third thing is we're going to work on, you know, this loyalty program. They just like map it out. And then you can kind of, I think, tweak those things over time. But that's what I see. It can be just very, very successful for people. The ones that I think just kind of don't have a strategy or like they, they, they kind of, you can bring in so many groups and there can be so many opinions that I think that can actually, uh, I would say hinder folks. And I just think that you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, one last question before we wrap up from your perspective, what's uh, one of the most important takeaways from the organization of the future report we've been discussing and uh, why do you think it's important to marketers and business leaders? Yeah, I think one of the most important takeaways is, again, and it's not unique to CDPs, we're just kind of making it very clear is that technology by itself is not going to solve all your problems. Gosh, I wish it would. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would be so much happier. You, you. It's a piece of it, and it's a great piece. But you really have to equally put in the time and energy into who on your team is going to own this. How are they going to operationalize this within your organization? You know, what are the what are the use cases you're going to start with? And I think that in this report, we just lay that out almost just like a recipe book to make it easy for people. Because again, I, I get it. Everyone's busy and has a day job. So um, I would say that that's the most important takeaway. Wonderful. Well, Heidi, thanks so much for joining the show. For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with you and what you're doing? Yeah, I think, um, well, for me personally, um, anyone can add me on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with folks there. And uh, for all things Telium, we, we put out a great blog that really talks about, you know, top things in the industry, 
um, everything customer data, data related. We also highlight a lot of great uh, customer examples. So I always think that that's, you know, exciting. It, say you're in retail, it's like, hey, I want to see how, you know, other people are approaching this. Um, and I think that's a great resource for folks. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Heidi Bullock, Chief Marketing Officer at Telium for joining the show. Thanks for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.